It's 18 minutes past three, and we're going to talk a little bit about the fact that unvaccinated Kiwis are now able to enter the country without MIQ or self-isolation. So the government announced this on Friday. The ACT Party says it's good news, but they're questioning the government's transparency over the decision. And joining us now is ACT Party leader David Seymour. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Tims. G'day, David. Um, Why do you think the government did this so quietly, as you've suggested? I think they are now engaged in a stealthy backdown uh, designed to save face. If they were honest about it, uh, almost none of the restrictions were required uh, to adhere to make any sense. And when I say make sense, I don't think that the costs of the restrictions outweigh the benefits. But they can't just admit that because that would be saying uh, they've got it wrong. Uh, So week by week, they take away a few more restrictions, sometimes in the case of unvaccinated Kiwis returning home without MIQ, hmm. uh, they don't make any announcement. They put it up on the MB website on Friday afternoon, and um, it took 24 hours before anyone in New Zealand, yeah. in this case it was a, a particular journalist, actually noticed it. Uh, and I just don't think that's the right transparent way to do it. As you heard, Andrew Little just said the decision was made last week. That almost certainly means that the decision was made on Monday. Mm. Uh, They sat on it all week, including through Wednesday's press conference when they made a bunch of other announcements. Uh, If they've made a decision, they should just tell us. Can you understand why they might not have unfurled it with such sort of pomp and vigour, given that the the government's stance is strongly pro-vaccine? So can you understand in a way that they might not want to go, hey, unvaccinated people, um, that maybe there's not quite the same level of enthusiasm for it just from that point of view? Well, I think it's important that we have a higher standard of debate than that. It is possible to be staunchly in favour of vaccination. I personally think mRNA technology is a real wonder uh, of the modern world and something we should all be very grateful for. Uh, But at the same time, you can also rationally ask yourself the question, uh, if 97% of people are um, uh, vaccinated, what are the the achievements of mandates? Well, basically, it means you're going to get infected at the supermarket or school instead of a cafe because you're allowed to go to the first two, but not the last one. It means we continue to segregate society and create resentment, which damages our social cohesion. And it means that we all go through a rigmarole uh, for no good purpose. And that's what I think is just offensive. I'll give you another example is these QR codes. Um, You cannot be made a contact by scanning a QR code. You have to be a household contact now. Uh, Nobody's doing it, even if it was uh, part of policy. And yet every business in this country is legally required to display a QR code. Now, making somebody do something for no purpose just because you can, that's how bullies humiliate their victims. Uh, It's not how a government treats its citizens. If the policy no longer makes sense, we should move on and dump it. All right. So the the government had actually flagged that many of these things would be temporary anyway. So when you say that it's it's stealthy sort of backroom stuff, um, they announced that these things would only be temporary. Why do you think it's stealthy? Well, it's stealthy to remove quite a major requirement. I mean, until... 11.59pm on Friday this week, Uh, if you were an unvaccinated Kiwi who wanted to return to your country, you had to do seven days in MIQ. Now you don't. Uh, That's significant. Now, they can't have it both ways. If they say they're going to remove it, but it's not time to do it yet, then actually they've said the timing of the policy change is the significant information remaining. Mm. And yet they made the announcement or non-announcement without any kind of publicity. They just quietly slipped it onto a website. 
And I just think the government owes New Zealanders more. Uh, they should say these are the policies that are still rational. These are the ones that are not. We're getting rid of the ones that aren't. Uh, we can get our way of life back. Mm. That's what Act's Move On document has called for since February. And uh, I'd look at moveon.kiwi where we've put it up online since So, so do you want all the, the mandates to go? Do you want all mandates to go? There's, there's no point in the vast majority of mandates we have right now. What we should do is what X has been saying uh, since October, is let private organisations make their own rules. So you take health care. Uh, if I was running a care facility for the elderly, uh, I would say everyone on site's got to be vaccinated. If I was a midwife, I might be saying, look, yes, we're in health care, but there's a lot of pregnant women who would rather have a midwife than a strictly vaccinated midwife, especially given the current shortage. We should allow people to make their own decisions. And here's another example. Mm. Uh, I've got a school in the Epsom electorate that's lost its chaplain because he's not boosted. Uh, that's a major loss to the school. He's got legitimate objections, which I won't go into. Uh, I think that school should be able to say, look, mate, uh, we're, we're going to make our own policy. We'll make an exception mm. for you or we'll let you get tested or whatever. Right now, mandating the entire education sector is just divisive. Do you support businesses still being able to make that choice? So, for instance, our company um, being critical workers, etc., but would probably still want to make the decision to require its employees to be vaccinated. Would you support individual businesses having that right to regulate their workforce from that point of view? Yeah, we said that back in October, that it should be clear that uh, you know businesses should weigh up the costs and benefits of vaccine requirements and make their policy to suit. But I suspect what would be happening in, about now or actually in the last month is a lot of businesses in a climate of open debate would be weighing up the costs and benefits and they'd be saying, look, actually, Omicron is not as sensitive to vaccination, uh, certainly not in terms of spread. It doesn't make a lot of sense for us to have this policy anymore. If we'd allowed businesses to go that way, we would have had a much more human approach to vaccination policy. We could have avoided a lot of the d division and anguish we've seen in the last couple of months. OK, so you're saying that the vaccination is less effective, uh, effective against this variant, and yet the booster appears to be very effective against this. Uh, why are you downplaying the effectiveness of the booster? Well, first of all, the, uh, the booster is more effective, um, both at reducing spread and reducing hospitalisation. Uh, however, if you were to put it in a hierarchy, uh, two doses against Delta was the most effective. That's no longer relevant. Two doses against Omicron, especially if it was six months ago, has very little effect on transmission, quite a lot of effect um, on uh, infection and hospitalisation rates. And then a booster against Omicron is somewhere in the middle. I think what is clear is that as time goes on, and especially as vaccination rates are already high, uh, the effects of requiring people to have vaccinations is lower. And yep. that's what that's what I said at the start. You know, you can be pro-vax, but question what the policy response is. Yeah. So it's not that I don't think vaccination is, I think vaccination is fantastic, but I don't think that mandatory requirements across whole sectors are yep. giving us much bang for buck at this point. Um, just looking at where we're at at the moment, we've uh, probably passed the peak, or at least our first peak in Auckland, but other places are still yet to experience their peak. What's the role of the red traffic light system um, in your view? Well, again, our move on paper lays this out and says that the, the, the red traffic light system effectively has two components. Uh, one is limiting crowd sizes and two is limiting crowd sizes further if you're not vaccinated. Now, in a case of exponential widespread outbreak, 
the, the, the effect of a large crowd is much less than it used to be. Once upon a time when we were aiming for zero COVID in New Zealand, one super spreader event could make all the difference. So you could make a good argument for limiting crowd sizes. Now, uh, people are catching it in so many places that the main effect of limiting crowd sizes is to kneecap the event sector and make it a lot harder for people to get on with life. Similarly, the effectiveness of vaccines on spread. Strong supporter of vaccine, I feel I have to keep saying it, but we've got to be honest and face facts. So the traffic light system now has costs, in my view, costs to the hospitality and events industry, costs to the general climate of fear that we face, costs to social cohesion, which outweigh any effect it has on the rate of spread, which, by the way, is exponential with these rules. It would be exponential without them. There'd be a small change in the variable. All right. Thank you very much for your thoughts. ACT Party leader David Seymour, enjoy your Sunday.